going to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to be. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jay Park. Good evening. Now, with all this environmental apocalyptic talk, this has been my jam this week. This is the extended version. But one of the first verses is... uh, Look, our world is falling, rhythmless house, blinded prophecy. Here our master calling isn't what he wanted us to be. Dance, dance electric. Welcome to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Tonight we have the whole Joey Clark Radio Hour Hall of Fame here. We have Seth Spotlow. How are you, sir? We have Southern Wood. How are you? Word. We have Eddie Bader. Please in. And this man is not yet in the Hall of Fame, but he's getting there. He's getting there. Brandon God, Skip Ross. How are you, sir? Hello, hello, hello. And happy I, birthday, my friend. Yeah, happy yeah. birthday, Brandon. How old are you, like 47? 26. You know. You, know, you know, we can't tell how old black people are. You're either like 27 or 65, and well, you look the same. Well, good black don't crack. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Amen to that. Yeah, I'm jealous. He looks good. So where do we begin? Where do we Oh, what do we want to do here is, um, well, I'm a little hesitant for all sorts of reasons. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Now, sometimes I, I get, I don't know, shy. I get a case of the yips. Yep. Yeah. And I'm not talking about baseball. Oh. But I'm going to try to overcome my yips here. Okay. Southern Wood, sitting across the desk from me, suggested we do question time. And for those who haven't heard this, what happens is that Southern Wood or our August panel here have questions in mind that I have not heard. I don't know what they're going to ask. Oh, but then and, they're you gonna try, ask and you tried to beat it out of me right. during the break. <laughs> and no, I would not be. No, I did not try to get the question before. Joey, I, I saw you, you pick the paddle up. I saw you pick the paddle. I, I was being smile. a little passive-aggressive. I'll admit it. But I was only trying to make sure you're not going to bring us completely down on a Friday evening. No, uh-uh. We're no. trying to dance electric tonight, all right? Just do not be a Buzz Killington, please. Thank you. No. Maybe downer over here. Not a, no, it's not a Buzz Killington. It, it I should re- be something that, that makes you puff up and be prideful in yourself. And I reserve the right to say that's a dumb question, bro. We're going to a different <laughs> Hey, and you know, I reserve the right to be an idiot and say, uh, okay. <laughs> Fine. All right. Now that that's all clear, what is your question. All right. So we, and we have done this, I think we did an entire week on this one time. All right. But it was always just you and I. Yes. And it was just, you know, me 
interviewing Joey. Right. Practicing my interviewing school and coming up with, you know, weird questions or out of the ballpark type questions. Mm-hmm. I had a question, and we actually may have covered this. It's been so long ago. I may just be getting old and have forgotten. Kind of like Moses? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like Moses. I don't have the tablets. I was about to say, I think I see them over there in the corner. <laughs> with the burning bush. Shut up. <laughs> You're probably older than I am. The, uh, but no, Mike. I was just, for some reason I was riding down the road and and I, I hear you for like forty eight hours a day. I mean, right. you're always on the radio, Joe. Yeah, I'm a hardworking guy. And I was thinking about you know I was going to be up here tonight and I and I said I said man you know what if it's just me and Joey I'll ask him a question. All right, we'll go back to like it was you know at, at one point and that'll give us something to talk about and discuss. Right, right. And the question for some reason I, mean, I can't remember you know how sights. And especially smells, you oh, smell yeah. something. And Those it, olfactory senses get tickled and you start remembering the it past. It takes you back or you hear a certain song and it oh, yeah. moves you to a place mm-hmm. that you were years ago. Mm-hmm. And and something happened and I know it had something to do with me passing a certain uh, place on the road. And I thought about asking Joey what... If you look back over your life, and you, your life's not as long as I think any of ours in the room, but if you look back over your life, even as a young fella, what are you the most proud of? When was that moment? When there's, or is there that moment where you were like, that you just, that feeling came from your stomach, I mean, up through your chest? And your chest almost burst open. You were just so proud to be Joey Clark at that moment and said, I've done it. Mm. Or, you know, I am, I, I just, I, it can't get any better than this. You know, whether it was, you know, a kiss with a girl or a sporting event that you did something amazing at. I mean, it could be, it could be something that simple. Or something even deeper. That's why I said okay. it's, it's not a downer, but no, it can a be good, a very deep question. This is a very good question. Uh, okay, I'll start off by saying there's no one definitive moment like that. I know where you're coming from, but there's no one like, I could die happy now, proud moment. I think, rightfully so, I've only been living for 30 years, and I've had a lot of life to live. And there's a lot, I'm not content with what I've done thus far. So I haven't reached a moment like that. However, there have been moments where I feel like powerful. And and like I said, it could be something silly. I mean, it could be like when I was in junior high. Well, I'll give the, you know, I made the free throw and we were down, right, yeah. you know, by exactly. one and I made two free throws and I felt like the hero of well, the I'll world. I'll give you one of recent vintage at my brother's wedding. Yeah. I was a ball of nerves all week. And we did the bachelor party with my brother that week. Uh, I think on Thursday. Yeah, Thursday, so we could recover Friday and have the wedding on Saturday. Yes, Brandon? Uh, quick side question. There were no uh, exotic dancers at this one. No, nope. no. Okay. We, My brother and I decided no strippers. <laughs> okay, I, I've, I, I, I've already spent enough money on the, these the council, things the before. refuses to... Acknowledge this as a bachelor party, but you make it to <laughs> <laughs> That was good. Yeah. It's 
fair. That's fair. <laughs> I, I can admit when I'm wrong. We're a council. No, but it was his choice, and, you know, we got him some expensive uh, whiskey. There you go. So, yeah, we kind of made up for it. Anyway, the bachelor party goes on. The night gets long. My brother and I walk back to the Airbnb we're staying at together. And we had, I'm not going to reveal too many details, we had a real big heart-to-heart about, uh, for lack of a better term, and I wish there was a better one, the elephant in the room or the cloud hanging over the wonderful, glorious occasion of his wedding, which is our mom not being there. And it was really one of those conversations that you feel better afterwards, it's like catharsis, but it also rips your heart out. And how much it was eating, it's not my wedding, and how much it was eating up my brother. And the reason I'm bringing this up is I realize I have to give the best man speech. And, you know, given that I talk for a living, I'm setting expectations for myself pretty high. I'm not lowering expectations. I I can testify to Joey's anxiety about this speech. I really, honest to God, can. And it got worse the closer we got to the wedding day. Oh, yeah. So bad that I barely slept a wink Friday night before the wedding on Saturday. Because I actually, I don't do this often, I wrote down kind of what I wanted to say. And honestly, as I was writing down what I wanted to say, it was a good thing because I was in tears. And not the type of like sappy, like mod, no, well, it's so good to see you grown up and you're like, you're a man now. And no, it was the fact that on this glorious day, one of the most important days of my brother's life, my mom couldn't be there to see him. And even now bringing it up, it, pulls at me yeah but it's a good thing i thought about it and kind of processed it night before because i was ugly crying and it was ugly indeed but i was by myself processed it right and my plan was to keep it short and sweet to the point you know a joke here or there a story here or there from will's childhood but make the the poignant moment clear Congratulations, here's the best joys and happiness and wisdom through the hard times to Will and Caroline. Here's to Will and Caroline. Then the wedding happens. And I'm, uh, well, you see this tumbler over here. This is the uh, the groomsman gift my brother gave us. It's got, you know, best man on it. Sweet. And it, inside this uh, Yeti tumbler was a Jack Daniels, like, single shot. So as we're getting dressed for the wedding, we're drinking Jack and I think they had Pepsi, unfortunately. And um, yeah, I know. It's too sweet. Too it's sweet. too sweet. Right. It's good on its own, but not with a mixed drink. I and don't then, like either. Right. <laughs> That's the problem with me. And then Continue. we had champagne also before the wedding. And then like the, the wedding happens. And then right as we get done with the wedding and we go over to start, start taking pictures for the bridal for the whole wedding party, the bridesmaids and the grooms, we had groomsmen. We had uh, drinks already prepared and hors d'oeuvres and all this stuff, so I'm drinking some more. Now, I'm not, like, drunk, drunk. I still have my wits about me. But it is easing my anxiety a mm-hmm. bit and making a little, yeah, yeah, a little more loose, feeling loose. Like, in my head, the time song, Wild and Loose, is like, in, you know, and, uh, uh, and so the maid of honor goes first. And she doesn't speak professionally for a lover, Jaffa. She, and, but she was great. It was heartfelt, short to the point. She's not a comedian, so she didn't try to make any jokes. And then it's like, okay, welcome up the best man, Joey Clark. 
and I'm I'm still wild and loose, but I'm, the the nerves are coming out. I'm feeling it. And then the MC hands me the microphone, and my hands are shaking. You know, like Gene Wilder and Blazing Saddles. Somebody have a music box in there? <laughs> I demand who has a music box in here. I can accept cell phones. I can accept all sorts of things no. and vibrations going off. But if somebody has a music box, I don't want to explain it. I don't like music boxes, all right? Well, that's where you were keeping your notes that you had written down. Right. And you opened the music box up. It made that little tone. And then you give your speech, which was... No, I walk up. The MC hands me the microphone, and as soon as I grab the microphone, all of the nerves go away. And I'm like, you were born to do this. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, seriously. Go so ahead, I, Ricky Bobby. Now, this, this is what I'm aiming for. Y'all no. hush. Like, the microphone hits my hand, and I grab the microphone, and the first thing I say is, oh, Lord, y'all should not have handed me a microphone. Get ready. <laughs> Will, you've made a big, big mistake. And the crowd immediately laughs. And I'm like, oh, that felt good. <laughs> now, this is for Will and Caroline. I'm like, this crowd is already, like, there. This is a friendly crowd. So I just start talking. And I start telling stories. I called my dad Mr. Salt and Pepper Beard. I was like the mustachioed man over there. I was like, I was going to my family members saying there's too many stories for Will to be told here and now by me. But like, ask that person if you want to hear this sort of story. Ask that person if you want to hear this sort of story. And I was making all these jokes that were just landing perfectly and it's Bill Burr a while back did an interview where he's like have you ever been on stage I think he's talking to like Joe Rogan or somebody have you ever been on stage and he just let it sizzle and he's like you wait you let the crowd just kind of rise up in laughter until it let it sizzle and so I'm like letting the crowd rise and fall and all this stuff. And then I get to the moment where, and I, I accept it. I'm like, it's one thing for a mother or the father or the bride or the maid of honor to uh, cry, but you do not want to see me ugly cry. Look at me. I'm this effete looking dude with a barely a beard. You don't, not, you don't want to see this, folks. I'm going to try to get through this. And then I stop looking at the crowd and I looked at Will and I had this whole thing. I'm not going to read it the speech now. But it was essentially that I can look at you now as a man, just married, and yet what I see is my little brother in my mom's arms the first time I saw him in the hospital. And then I kind of turn back, collect myself, and say, but today isn't a day for tears, at least not tears of sorrow. Today's supposed to be a day of celebration. You know what happens at weddings, folks. Let's eat, let's drink, and... Well, I'm not going to say the last thing, but you know what people do at weddings. And, like, that was one of these, like, rumbling laughters, like, where it, it like, started where people were like, what does he mean? Oh, oh, he means, ah, he means sex. And, um, <laughs> and it was. an awkward dude at the wedding that says it. Like, I, and I, I get done and people, I said, here's the Will and Caroline. And people rose from their seats in, like, a standing applause. And, like, this one guy runs over and goes, Dude, I've been to, like, six weddings in the last two years. That was the best, best man speech I've ever heard, man. And one dude, you sound like Dan Carlin. You ever listen to Hardcore? It was, like, it was supposed to be for Will. But I felt this immense sense of pride that not only did I, 
I think, correctly hit the thing that my brother and I had discussed earlier in the week about her mom not being there. But I also was able to show this is what I can do when I have a microphone. And usually with a microphone like this in front of me, I've got maybe an audience of four or five here in the studio, but it's not like playing in front of a crowd like a stand-up comedian. Yeah. And it felt so good. It felt so right. And I'm like, I knocked it out of the park. Why was I so nervous? It, that's like the Chevy Chase movie. Which one? Christmas Vacation. Yeah. At the end of it, he finally <laughs> puts his arm around yeah. his wife and says, yes. we did it. We did it. No, After all the chaos and all <laughs> everything that happens... Yeah. He pulled it off. Now, and when I think back, really, about these moments of being, like, really proud, I I think back to a lot of performances. Like, literal performances. Like, okay, a best man speech. Another one was, uh, we did this thing at Catholic called Coffee House, which is like a talent show. It could be somebody shows a short film or somebody it showcases their talent. Most of it's... Well, think of it. It's a high school talent show, and it's not very good. Star search, basically. Right, right. And but I had uh, we put together a little rock band, and um, yeah, we were practicing. There's a historical marker over in Cloverdale. It's where Helen Keller used to stay. So while we're practicing, I'm in the back of my mind. It's like Helen Keller used to live down here in this basement. Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, even she could hear this rock right now. <laughs> you should have changed the words of that. I, I can't. I can't help myself, Joey. You should have changed the words of that song to "What the?" <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. You're gonna lose your you just, sight I'm and sorry. your hearing soon. I'm sorry. You I'm going to hell. It. I'm sorry. You yep. just ruined. How rude! Sir. You're you're a racist. What up? <laughs> uh, racist, sexist, bigoted, uh, patriot. Uh, no, I'm just throwing whatever words. Uh, but anyway, we're practicing, and that's what I love. We were practicing in Helen Keller's basement or something like that. And we get to the show, like, I, we have it all planned. We're the last act, so to speak, to go on. And, like, we come in with Thunderstruck by ACDC, but we have all, we planned it the night before. All the lights are out in the gym. I'm sitting there manually as the guitar, the opening, you know, starts playing. I'm manually turning on and off a power strip to make it look like a strobe light and different lighting effects in rhythm with what the guitar and then the boom, boom. Uh, and like so and people are getting into it yeah um and then we go out of that to uh times like these with by the foo fighters but i throw an extra like guitar solo section into it and i just felt like a freaking rock star i did an original song of mine we want people wanted more so we did tribute by tenacious d and then knocking on heaven's door the more guns and roses version of the song all these songs the best version of that song. I agree. And it's like this great moment. And that would have been enough for me. That would have been enough. But and we're packing up. Like, you really feel, like, the energy. It's the same feeling I had doing the best man speech, but, like, you know, more rock and roll. And I've got this high going. We're putting up the equipment. And all of a sudden, I see at the edge of the stage, it's like one of these old gymnasium stages where the stage is raised up from the gym floor. I see at the edge of the stage, my high school crush is sitting there, like, twiddling her thumbs or something. And uh, I notice her, but I keep packing stuff up. 
all of a sudden she's like gives me the nod like come here come over here come over here I'm like what and she's like no come here and so I like had to kneel down because again the stage has risen up and she whispers in my ear well I can't really say it on air but I want to love you which she didn't say. Uh, oh! And, mm. and th- uh, remember, this is like virgin 17-year-old Joey. Did you sit down? No. Did you need to? My reaction, gentlemen, after this girl very sol- in a sultry manner says, I want to <clears throat> love you. Kiss you. I want to kiss you. Kiss you. Love you. All the things. I've never mm-hmm. kissed a girl before. <laughs> no, I, I had at that point. Um, I just hadn't, you know. I hadn't had a home run or anything like that. And uh, my reaction to this very hot and heavy, sexy moment, feeling on top of the world after a successful rock concert, is to stand up, pat her on the head like a dog, <laughs> like, and walk away. Oh, you rock I, star. You did. You did. <laughs> you just told the best story and killed it. Right. When, where did you learn that pimp hand strong move? <laughs> exactly. exactly. No, it's called insecurity, Eddie. All right, all right, all right, all right. Oh, we, we dated. I'm, we we dated for several months after. Okay, yeah, whatever. All right, I'm going Nick Saban. All right, all right, all right. Now, that's enough from you, Joey. Thank you for bloviating about yourself for. <laughs> 30 minutes now. You asked the question. I know, but good God, I didn't know you were going to turn into me and talk the whole show. Hey, Southern Wood. Hey, Southern Wood. Whose name's on the program? Uh, Who was the first member of the Hall of Fame? Yeah, but what's the name of the Hall of Fame? You gave me the right to to ask the questions. Okay. Which, in that also gives me the right to tell you that's enough. Now we're going to birthday boy. Yes, Brandon. Get, get close to the mic now. You act like you've never been in the studio. Okay. All right, Brandon. Uh-huh. Your moment where you have felt pride, either, I mean, in your family or in yourself or said, I, you know, I stopped one day. I was 30 minutes late for something, and I stopped and helped a lady change her tire on the side of the road. Anything. What, may, what has, like, gotten inside you and said, you know, when you get home and you look in the mirror and you're like, Damn, I really feel good about myself. Um, it wasn't such a poignant moment as a speech at a wedding, but uh, in my family, not a lot of people, education-wise, advanced. So there was a big emphasis on graduating high school, and when I did it, you know, it I was cool, I was fine. Hmm. You know, I had on my robe, everything was nice. My mom was taking pictures. And uh, I never forget Brandon Reed. And that's that's the thing. Every memory has got that one point where it's like he he I was can't forget the smell was, or the taste or what it was. He was feeling. part he was part of the audiovisual club. And at the end of the graduation, he plays Boys to Men into the road. Done. I'm crying. I got the ugly face on. I'm barely holding it together. Yeah. Then my granddaddy walks in. And you, you'd have to know my granddaddy. My granddaddy's one of those people. He's from the old generation. He just, yeah, I like you, you know, whatever. He looked at me and just had that awkward stare off into the distance. was like, I love you. And just looked away. And I was like, what? And I'm, I'm just sitting there like. 
what in the world is going on? And it was just one. It was just one of those moments where I was like, "Hey, I I did it," you know. And I just kind of, kind of gave me. It was like one of the first times I felt chills for an accomplishment that I accomplished. So that was my big moment. That's yeah. awesome, man. Well, and, and, that's, and, and that's one of those things. It wasn't just for you. Did your granddaddy graduate from high school? Yes, he did. He did. Okay. All yeah. Right. And uh, but like but, like my granddaddy, he quit school in the fifth grade. And so every generation was like, you know, one bit further, one bit further, and, one bit further. And, and see, like my grandmother, she graduated a year and a half behind because they were sharecroppers. So she had to drop out, you know, help the family out, make sure her sisters graduated. Then she got to graduate. So, so yours is tied into family name. And you're like, yeah, yeah the God's that, gifts to to the world. Well, <laughs> yeah. They have finally done it. I see why you cried, though, with this song. Oh, man. man this was roller skating back when I was in high school. Oh, roller skating? Yeah. Looney Tunes. I don't know I remember what you were thing. doing. Man, oh, it's good boy. music. I, I wasn't roller skating to this man, song. This <laughs> oh, come on, Grandpa. Especially when they, hit, when they hit the acapella part. Yeah. Everybody everybody in the crowd just oh, was like, oh, oh man. It was Go awesome. to the end Oh, yeah. Hey, I'm telling you, that's one of my favorite songs. All right, now we move one seat to the right. Mr. Eddie Bader. Uh, Yeah, mine's not, mine's got um, not that great. I've got a lot of moments in life. No, they're all great. If they're great to you, they're great. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of them that... And that's the thing that meant something to me. But one of the biggest things, my dad's not around anymore, so this weighs heavy on me. One of the few times in my life, and and not because he was a bad person or anything, but, you know, your father doesn't know how to express love to your son. And uh, one of the few times in my life when he told me he was proud of me, and I actually listened. Um, And we we were actually at a boat show. We were actually talking to a guy about some electronics. I mean, it was nothing at all. But the, the conversation that I had with the guy when we left, my dad looked at me and I think that's the first time he ever noticed me as a man, mm. and he, he told me how proud he was of you that moment, and not because of what happened. He just realized, I think, hey, you're not as dumb as I always thought you were. You know, <laughs> you're gonna be all right. And, yeah, yeah, you're gonna make it. <laughs> in the words awesome. of Red, you're not a dumb. And, and yeah. it, yeah. it, and there's something, <clears throat> and this is this is what drives me crazy about all these, you know, the different genders and all that crap, and and uh, you know how. There is a difference between your your mother. Yes. It's like you have this feeling that's mama. She, I mean, she's gonna love me. me no matter what. Exactly I can, right. You can call mama and say, uh, "Mama, uh, I was drunk, you know, and I just ran off the road and I run over seven people and I killed them." She's like, "Okay, baby, I, I love you. you. I'll yeah. be down there right. and take care of you." Your daddy's gonna be like, "What the hell was you that's thinking, right. son?" I hope, right. you, hope you enjoy your life. You was drunk right. and driving? Yep. Have yeah. you lost your ever-loving mind? Right. You know, I mean, right. that's... So, I mean, there's a difference. And But when you hear Daddy say, I'm proud of you, boy. Oh, it, it froze me. It I mean, doesn't that really... It carries so much more weight. No, and though. I can see how emotional you are right now just remembering it. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and holding it together pretty well. <laughs> well, I've, I've, I've only got one child, and he's my son. He, he is my world. And so, because of the upbringing, upbringing I had, I've always tried to remind him that I love him to death. Mm-hmm. And no matter what he does in life, I'm proud of him. But he has made some incredible accomplishments in his life. I couldn't help but be proud of him. Yeah. Uh, the the sad part is, honestly, a lot of people look at him and they look at me and they go, "You sure that's your daddy?" <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, no. Um, Eddie, I've requested a DNA test. Myself. Well, 
I, yeah, exactly. I could see my son doing that. Now, before the break, we need to hit um, one last story from the... Seth. Seth. <laughs> Spotlight. Come on, Sapotle. When did you ever feel alive and proud of yourself or like you were doing what you were born to do? Okay, so, um, I don't know, probably 10 years ago. Um, my whole life, it's always just been me and my mom, you know, and my little sister and whatnot. Um, she, I don't know, when I was eight or nine, she started going to college, and she went to college for like 20 years, man. And when she, fi- for real, it was just an insane amount of time, because she went to TSUM in downtown. And when she finally graduated, I went, and I was up there, and we're sitting there, and they're calling the names, and people are walking across, and then they call this lady's name, and this little kid runs down, that's my mom! And I was like, oh, my God, that's so cute. So when they call my mom's name, mm-hmm. I ran down. And I was like, that's my mom. <laughs> and I juked. I juked the security because I, he, he was like, sir, you got to stop. And I was like, okay, cool. And then he turned around and I went around him. And I dipped up. I ran up on stage and I gave her a big old hug. And I was like, let me go. And then, man. That is awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was good. Okay. And, um. And then I was working at McDonald's about five years after that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, life happens. And I, I was doing the cash register, and the lines and the people were just building in. And I was standing there talking trash with these people. And I had that whole room in McDonald's just laughing. And we were having a good time. And that was my first experience at a bunch of people laughing with me and not, like, at me. Right. And then, right. so that was that. And then there's one more is when uh, my kid was born. <laughs> because yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a it was a good sunny day, and every we all know I like the rain, you know. And my kid was born, and a storm came through, and I held her little blue, you know, because she yeah, comes down. Well, she was like a prune. Yeah, and she looked the wrong color, you know. It smacked around a little bit, and I got, I was the first person to hold her, and then the rain stopped, and it was just like something changed. Uh-huh. And something changed, and that was just yeah. those those three things right there. Yeah, it's amazing that that all these stories, the ones that you told Joey and and Brandon and Seth and uh, what's your name? Eddie. Eddie. Three two two uh, zero six six two. Thank you, <laughs> Mister Norman's over there. It's amazing how they all come back to family, though. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, the exception of my second story, that was really know, just about well, me getting but, laid. But, <laughs> Patting her on the head right. but, and walking away. But you're right. I was about to bring the same Still thing up. Still, and yet, I mean, that's that's yeah. the, the one common theme that runs, it's exactly. a thread that runs through all of them is family. That's the most important thing, y'all. Good I mean, whether you're rich or poor or, you know, you're living in Wind Lakes or on the west side of Montgomery. You can still have a good family, and you can be proud of your family, and you can love your family. And that's all that... And that really, mm, I wish I could. That say makes you what rich. I mean, that's that's the difference between being wealthy and having money. Wealth are the things that you have in your life which no amount of money could ever purchase. Being rich just means, eh, I got a bunch of money. It makes you rich in the heart. Well said. Well, we got to hit a break. Yeah, all this pessimism in the news. Oh, the world's coming to end. You know, we can have conversations like this, and yeah. Just have a little fun. Joey Clark.
You want to hear something worse than my dancing? You claim to be native. You ain't even Native American. I have no rhythm, There'd be no rains coming for you. That's why nobody dance with me. Holy mackerel. I'm about to die. I've never seen anything. Wait a minute. What Will Smith say? You live here. Right here. Yeah, just don't do anything. It wasn't Will Smith. We don't need no macaroni. We got we got food right there at the bar. We're right here. It was Carl. Right it wasn't Will. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, talk about songs that you know, songs bring back memories. That song brings back memories. Despite us awkward movements. <laughs> oh my goodness. That, it was like all elbows. It looks man. like Mr. Miyagi taught him how to dance. Wax on. Wax on. Wax on. Wax yeah. on. Oh, that's my little thing again. So, 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 gentlemen. Um well. Southernwood, wise one. Yeah. You have any more questions? We've no, that that was my. That question. was it. That was. I it. figured any, that would fill the first oh, segment. I birthday did boy here, Brandon Godskiff right. Ross is a question. Brandon, I, I do, I do, and it was one that I asked uh, on your on your birthday. Okay. Like, um, and it's to everybody, the whole panel. Um, what do you think now is your pursuit of happiness? Like, mm. what do you think will be your next big moment in your life? Hmm. That's a big question. It it's a good question. It's a good orienting question. The next big moment. I don't know if that has to. I think there are two questions there. What's kind of your purpose? What do you see as your pursuit? And then what's the big moment? I think the best pursuits have multiple moments, but I see your point. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've, I really have been. I mentioned earlier in the day that I got to see my cousin Scott. Uh, earlier today. He's in town for sad reasons. He has to attend a funeral. But he was there with his new child, uh, Garrison, who's eight months old. Aww. And my goodness, that baby melted my heart. He, As soon as I met him, I was like, hey, little dude. He was, he was like smiling and dancing around. Yeah, you yeah. can roll your eyes somewhere. Yeah. Whatever. Eight-month-olds eight suck. <laughs> okay. Dude. Yeah, he's kind of right. Kid, kids in general suck until they're like four. Because we've lived it. But Fair yeah, enough. Baby fever. Oh, they're cute. Oh, I'm just telling you how I felt. Cute. Yeah, it was, he was just so cute. And also, my cousin was kind of like my brother growing up. He wasn't just a first cousin. Yeah, but Like, you, we hung out enough where it was like, all right. We're, we're real close, and now that he's moved off, getting to see him with his wife, with his new baby. It's like, man, he's growing up. Yeah. So, And we got talking about, though, how cause he's also a, now a trained uh, psychologist. He's right now a counselor in a prison in Texas. Oh, wow. And, yeah, it, which has made him grow up even faster. I so oh, I cannot imagine the stories he's heard. Yeah. yeah, and also, the I mean, he's... He admits, like, my job isn't to be a true therapist here, because if I get you sitting down talking about your feelings, you go back to your cell, you're going to be victimized, all right? I'm just going to give you some tools that, you know, you can survive this. Oh, that's a really good idea that he did. They said it that way. Right. Exactly. That was a good way to put it. Right. Yeah. No, and he's, he's very clear-eyed about it, but it's, he said he's learned a lot about people and how, in particular, the prison system. But the biggest thing is this identity crisis that people can go through in different points in their life, like... I mean, some people have it when they're empty nesters. Like, 
you're getting close to that. Yeah. A few more years, you'll be you and Rowena will be empty nester. Nah, we got a few. Mm, a about, few, I know. Yeah, you got a few years. I'll be here before you think. Hey, serious to goodness, about five more years. By the time all that will be 18. And how quick did those 13 for uh, 42 go? Uh, it, Just like that, Joe. In a, in a, mm-hmm. a, it, but what about the 21 for Sid? He right. Full exactly. head of hair in the beginning. Right. <laughs> oh, oh, I did. I've seen those photos. I can show you the picture. I wouldn't say it was full. <laughs> <laughs> Man, he, Eddie, you are getting some major side You are eye sitting right now. way too close to me to be making statements like that, Let my ex friend. Love you, buddy. No, but I, I feel like I've been struggling with that for a while now. Like, what the hell am I supposed to do with my life? What's my purpose? What's my happiness? And the more I, I think about it, I, I really have. I've been joking that I've been turning over a new leaf. But I realize I can't, I can't join the herd, and I can't constantly be negative about the world. Like everything's going to hell, including my own life. I, I think where I'm going to be happiest is by number one, taking concentrated efforts on single steps of improving myself, and that's in all sorts of different that. aspects. I mean, look, and that, I have been doing no that. Um, I've been trying to do that, but there's more progress to be made sure but in terms of what i talk about and what i can share with people in the world uh it's to have perspective to see like there is even in the worst times is what we talked about earlier in the week even in the worst situation you can laugh at a situation you can find mirth and happiness Mm -hmm. even in the worst of times and most difficult and and i think i think the the one danger just the way that i know you yeah that that you could fall into yeah is is staying in that cave, and we joke about it. No, right, staying right. in your cave because the way that you get that is through life experiences. I agree. And it, it, there ain't an easy way to learn a lesson. Every lesson is hard learned. Got to earn it. And back yeah. to Brandon's question, what I would say, what would I do? I want to keep doing what I've been doing because I do have a pretty good family structure. My my children still like me. They like to come home. Sid loves yeah. to come home. And I want to continue that and not screw that up. And that's because wise you can, of you to cherish that. You, you can yeah. screw that up with, I mean, something simple. Yep. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I don't want to screw that up. But, like, my next life event that's going to come up that I can think of, I mean, Sarah's going to graduate from high school this year, and she'll be going to college. And, and that's kind of... I mean, once you've done it once, you know, it, it keeps going. And then, you know, Nanny, you know, she'll graduate high school, you know, in two years and 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 all that. But my next one is when one of the girls get married. Right. And I have to give them away to Ooh, yeah. Brandon or Joey mm-hmm. or Seth or Eddie. And I'm like, dude, really? <laughs> and are you good enough? And none of them are going to be good enough, Ever. you know. But I've got to come to where I can accept and and take. And that's what I don't know how I'm going to react when the little boy says, uh, uh, "Miss, Miss, Miss, Mr. Wood, please tell me you're in your boxers. Can, can I marry your daughter? Now, now you know what you know what." I don't think it's going to be like that. I'm going to say it like this because of the type of person that you are and having you as an example for a father, they're going to bring home a guy who's going to look you square in the eye and be like, hey, uh, Mr. Clay, uh, I'd like to marry your daughter. Like just it, no no BS. You can clean your guns if you want to. We can do that afterwards. No, but that's, hey, all that's a bunch of just gobbledygook. And uh, I know it, but I know what you're saying. And I hope they do. 
and and I hope that I have presented myself and and I've done a lot of stuff mm-hmm. wrong. Sure. It's another word I would use. Right. That's not FCC friendly. But I, I really have. But I, I hope that you know they say that you marry your father. You know, you had someone with the same personality or some somewhat like, or either the polar opposite. Right. I, I, I hope that I have portrayed myself in front of my girls uh, in, in effect, because I know that, that Rowena has done that for Coleman. If he right. marries a woman like Rowena, he's going to be fine. I mean, that dude is going to be fine. <laughs> and uh, uh, he won't have any trouble. But I hope that I have lived my life in a way that they say, you know, if they do choose someone who is similar to me, that it's, it projects the good things that I've done and not necessarily the bad things. Oh, that, yeah. That's really where I that. screwed up. I'm into that. Yeah. Well, and, and what's fun, too, Brandon, to your, about your question is it's, it, we can make all these plans and, I mean, reasonably expect certain things in life. Um, but especially when uh, you already have established a pattern and a good home. And like you said, you you want to keep up what you already got going. Whereas, like, I think in my situation, probably yours too, Brandon, uh, yours to a degree, Seth, but you got some built-in meeting going on with your daughter and helping raise her. So there can be some things you clearly can't expect. Um, But the fun thing about this question is we can plan all we want, and then who the hell knows what happens. If you don't, life happens. Right. If you don't plan, Joey, and something does get in the way. Then you're, you you don't even know you've missed the plan. You right. Spend your whole life chasing your tail. Exactly. It's good to have an orientation at least, yeah. like somewhere you you got to go. Yeah, Try well, to plan. Well, the old the old saying is, "Man makes plans and God laughs." Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. anybody else want to venture an answer, Seth? Okay. Seth? Okay. So, uh, I am ready for that that point in time when Rose finishes the joke. Yeah, because I I've been tr- taking her on stage with me the last couple of times, which I don't do it much. Um, when I can, when I'm at a place that's all ages and I can take her up there, first thing I do is we have a joke, mm-hmm. and I'm going to try to get her to finish it with me because she does the punchline, and she's bombed the last two times. <laughs> <laughs> so so what you're saying is what you're saying is Rose has in, inherited your ability to bomb a joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, spoiler alert. All right, you guys want to hear it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. No, 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 Batman. Yeah, exactly. And that's what it is because it's just that simple thing of me doing that. And then I give it to her and she says Batman. And that's all it is. You're just waiting for her to say Batman. Well, she knows she's supposed to, but it's just the being able to do it when I put the mic in front of her. She gets bashful right now. On a stage in front of people. And I'm trying. And that's the first thing I do because it's, I mean, I I feel like she'll remember that. When it happens, she will remember it because everybody's going to go crazy because daddy's going to be like, it worked! (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't know. I I feel like she's going to be one of those teenagers that's going to be into indie rock. Man, whatever she wants. I I don't care. I'm cool with it. But I mean, I I give her choices, you know? And I mean, I never had anybody to do this stuff with me, so I do it with her. And uh, I just give her the options. If she doesn't want to, that's cool, man. Right. But I feel like she will one day because it's fun and we have fun. And that is, it's just, I think when she does do it and she's just like, wow, this is great. All these people, you know, and I'm, and I'm, I don't know. We'll see how it works. Cool. That'll, that'll be a really like important moment in her life when she, if, when that happens, 
you know, whether she it happens tomorrow, whether it happens when she's six or seven, eight years old, that's something she'll take for the rest of her life. She'll remember that moment with her dad. That's awesome, man, because I, I don't have stuff like that. Right. And I want to give her stuff like that that is just awesome. And yes, I'm giving her terrible memories because, <laughs> I mean, of course, don't do this. Don't do that. You don't even hurt my feelings. Well, you better listen to me. You know, but some of that's a little necessary. Yeah, and yeah. so with the bad comes the good, and, and the good and is going to be insanely good. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, with with my upbringing, and I, I don't remember the bad as much until the point, like if it's like really funny. You know, if you like get yeah. really scolded oh, for something, yeah. and you're like, "Oh, David, David, I remember when you did this," and then it's funny to everybody right. except right. for David. Then it's funny, but but you don't remember the bad near as much as you remember the good. Yeah, you remember your daddy the first time. I remember when when my daddy the first time we were just out in public. I was a little bitty fellow. I was probably seven or eight years old, and a man walked up that my father knew, and and daddy was talking to him, and and. Uh, and he put his hand on my shoulder, and he said, you know, Tom Smith, this this is my son, Clay. And I stuck my hand out, and I shook his hand. He was like, well, hey, Clay, that's a good handshake. And Daddy said, yeah, that's my boy. Mm. And just hearing those words, I can still hear my Daddy saying, that's my boy. And I I mean, I welled up. I was like, ha-ha. Mm-hmm. I'm hour four, son. <laughs> Y'all suck it. <laughs> you know, I'm bad to the bone. <laughs> oh. But I mean, that's. I mean, but you remember those moments a lot more, and they're more intense than the time that he spanked me. You know, for doing right. whatever. Right. Yeah. You know, you kind of halfway remember those. So. I remember. You're doing a great job, though, Seth. Thanks. Rose is a good kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. And I, I just wanted to have. And kids fun. don't turn out good without really good guidance because kids are evil out of the womb <laughs> they suck until they're four or five years old they're terrible you've been manipulated by a two-year-old I, uh-huh, or three now she will get some folks to do some things they don't want to do hmm. and i'll be like you just got talked into something by a three-year-old She's a girl. She's, a She's girl. learning early. Oh. <laughs> um, plus, you got a band going. You got the whole drum set. It says free mm-hmm. candy on the side. That's right. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, females are very manipulative out oh, good of Lord. the womb. I'm telling you, they come out. They can manipulate you. Whether it's you See, want I've, to date I've them, the girls you want are to marry them, early. or if they're your daughter, they can manipulate the See, devil I've out of I've heard from you. parents that the girls are easier early, and boys are more difficult. And then on the teenage years, the girls are more difficult, and the boys are easy. Yeah. I think it's that's probably true. boys are yeah. easy, that the girls are more difficult. Yeah, because, because, I mean, right. boys, you have to keep them alive. <laughs> right, that's you know? what I mean. <laughs> boys are like little <laughs> savages, man. I get the call. All right, so, <laughs> so, friends... Peak is is like four years old. I get the call from Weena. She's like, Clay, you're not going to believe this. Now, mind you, my wife had one sister. It was just two girls in her household. She grew up around like five first cousins, all girls. Had one male first cousin that was much older. Like He was like 18 when Lauren was born. Okay. Never been around boys. Our first three children, all girls. Mm-hmm. All right, so then we come up with the boy. And at about age four, I get this call. Burp, hello? Uh, C- Clay, you're not going to believe this. I was like, okay, what? The boy. I was like, oh, my God, what has Frizz done now? He's up in the top of the apple tree, and he just 
jumped out and hit the ground. <laughs> All right, now the apple tree is, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like an oak tree. I mean, he's right. like probably 15 foot off the ground. And I was like, oh, my God, what did he break, baby? What did he break? Nothing. I was like, okay. So, I mean, do I need to meet you at the emergency room or what? She's like, no. He just jumped out of the tree. Ooh, I was yeah. like, okay, but he didn't break anything. Nothing's hurt. No, nothing's hurt. I was like, okay, so why are you calling me? I asked him, why did you jump out of the tree? And he said, because I wanted to see what it felt like, Mama. I wanted to fly. And I was like, okay, and? And she's like, that doesn't make sense to me. Why would anybody <laughs> want to see what the ground felt like from 15 foot there? I'm like, uh, he's a boy. Exactly. That's what we do. He likes exactly. adventure. Keep them alive is all you have to That's do to exactly boys. Right. Yeah, boys like to defy reality right. and often pay the price. That's why we're the best inventors. Exactly. Well, there you go. Most Difference imagine. in men and women. Well, Most uh, imaginative. Thank you, gentlemen. This has been quite oh, a show. It's been great. Yeah, man. Been great. Oh, yeah, man. Thank you so much. Happy birthday, bro. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Brandon. Happy birthday, Brandon. I hope you look older next year. Joey's <laughs> going to give you a lap dance here in a minute. <laughs> gotcha. No. No, Take my pink light. <laughs> he doesn't do not two that in. you not, since you announced it in public. No, I'm not going to. Joey doesn't do two in one night. <laughs> <laughs> Be back on Monday. This Thanks for listening. Like. This is what it feels like. This is what it feels like. Joey Clark. This is what it feels like. This is what it feels like. This is what it feels like.